Welcome to the You and Me podcast, the podcast for real brides looking for real advice. This episode of Wedding Planning Q&A is brought to you by The Bridal Journey and Wonderlust Creative. Today on the show, we talk about the major decision that you have to make when first planning your wedding. Where are you going to get married? So much choice, so many options. <laughs> Where to begin? We answer all your questions on all things venue related. Hi, Andy. Hi, Laura. How are you? Uh, hot. <laughs> hot and bothered. Hot and bothered. I know. I always A feel whale? So... <gasps> 36 Lucky weeks. Lucky you don't look it. Oh, actually, no, it'll be 37 weeks when this episode goes crazy. out. It's crazy. It's crunch time. It's cr- it is go time. Been going to hypnobirthing. <gasps> Do you love classes. it? Classes. Um, it's good. I'm picking up quite a bit, but it's probably better for my partner. Yeah. To sit through yeah. it. Um, yeah. cause it's, yeah. And then I, I went to the hospital the other day and a lady came in labor and her, you know, her husband's sitting there on the phone while she's standing up in the reception in labor. And I was just thinking my partner wouldn't do that. He wouldn't <laughs> sit there on his phone cause he's been to the hypnobirthing course. <laughs> and he knows, knows exactly why not to do if that. he goes on his phone. <laughs> That will be. Oh. You'll be kicked out. So, <laughs> yeah, that made me anxious. Mm, yeah, it does at anyway. time. Oh my god, uh, should be fine. What about you? Wow, we were just talking about offline, and I'm gonna have to really curb my rant here. But do you know one of my my biggest pet peeves is shit service at a restaurant. Absolutely sends me psycho, and I think because. I never worked hospo, so I probably don't have a huge leg to stand on here. But I worked retail for a lot of years. And by the customer verbally abusing you, the customer is kind Customer's of always, always right. right. Like, you've just <laughs> got to be careful. Anyway, we went to this. I'm not disclosing the name because I'm just not. But A restaurant in Geelong. A restaurant in Geelong with my assistant, Ellie, last night to talk about the upcoming season and how we're like – so excited but so scared of what to come um but we went to a restaurant we got there you can't book with covid for under two people at a lot Mm. of restaurants you have it's just walk-in policy only so we walked in and there was it was what are we today friday it was a thursday night there was like maybe half the venue full there were tables free set up can we sit inside? No, you have to sit outside. Mind you, the heaters were broken. Their tables were in the middle of like this breeze coming off the ocean. Uh, the Yeah, the ocean, the bay, the ocean. It was just like, it was absolutely freezing. About, he's like, the, the waiter was like, you could tell he was, he, you could tell, <laughs> stop hitting the table. Laura. You could tell he was like newish. So you like, you know, you don't, you're not rude to them, but we didn't get menus. We didn't get served a drink. We didn't get told we had to go up and order. So I had to ask somebody near us. I went up and ordered. They brought the wrong drink out. They brought our food out and still didn't let us move inside, even though it was literally like almost raining and freezing. And then we're like, do you know what? We're so sorry. Can we please get our main meals takeout? Because we, we are literally just too cold. And if you can't fit us in tight. So I totally get it. But we're going to have to go eat in the car. Like we are absolutely. Like you could have been honestly in a full blown down Kathmandu jacket. Mm-hmm. And you still probably would have been cold. It was so freezing. And then we get, and like the foods generally really, like I don't really don't have a problem. I've been there a few times. I've never had a problem with the food. We get the takeout. I'm like, Oof, it's really hot. Like, you know, when you get served food, it's nice to be hot. But this was like scolding. Like it was radiating off the bag. You couldn't put the bag on your lap. 
We opened the Tupperware and realized that what they had done is they'd microwaved our curries. And so you've got probably like an inch and a half of oil sitting on the top of these. It was disgusting sitting on top of these curries. And then like what is usually a really thick, um, like it was a musman curry, so a really thick potato creamy curry was like this liquid water because they'd microwave the freaking food and so they sent generally it out. microwave it there then I don't or was it just because you were getting it takeout maybe because not the point first yeah, like yes gross. you probably need to prep the food the day before for a restaurant that big like you can't expect it to be exactly fresh every single time that you mm. go but it was such a bad experience and to like know that there are a hundred tables inside and even though you were halfway through the first sitting you still couldn't go in and it was freezing and the drinks were wrong and we didn't get met it was just a just cluster. leave a google review because they can't remove and a facebook review i know but then i feel bad no nah, do it i've, I've done that so many times sleep. really they're in the reviews have <laughs> bad. <laughs> bad no like um i ordered furniture Oh, four months ago. So oh, your dining table. I sold our dining table, so I currently have no dining table at all. And I only ordered this specific dining table because it was meant to come in October and yeah. there's now, what, late November, nearly December. Yeah. And it's not coming to mid-Jan. I was oh, like, God. I and they wouldn't write back to my emails and so I left them a really bad review on Google yeah. and I read through the other reviews and it was like 100 review, reviews saying uh, oh, no, furniture that we received bad. was great. However... The ETA that they wrote when we I ordered it, it ended up being like five months late and there was no communication from them no. that it was going to be late. And so, yeah, ensure mm. that you read the reviews before you... Yes, before you do anything nowadays, but again, I think. again, leave a bad review because they, they can't delete it, especially on Google. No, especially on Google. Just a lesson, I think. Yeah. All right, let's jump in. Okay. So question one, do venues all cost a similar amount? Mm. What is a reasonable cost? Well, no, they don't cost a similar amounts because they all have different services, uh, different options for your couples and like a range of opportunities of what to do on site. So, look, I think with venues, there's there's a few things to consider when making or thinking a venue or space for your wedding day. Firstly, I advise couples to not necessarily look at the price to begin with. You know, a venue is generally the first thing you look at or book in for your wedding planning journey right so getting the first invoice or the first cross I guess cost across your email is probably going to be pretty shocking and make you think you know this is going to be so expensive but your venue aside from your catering if you're going to be doing it off-site and bringing a catering is the most one-off expensive payment you are going to make in the whole process so yeah the initial cost is going to be pretty high And I think for a lot of people, quite intimidating because it might not be something you'd expect. But I think before you write off a venue just because it looks expensive, um, you kind of need to have a bit of a look at what they offer. So I always advise couples before you go and visit venues, I think there's a few things that they should consider. So you need to consider, firstly, I think you need to consider your guest numbers. So how many guests are you looking at? You know, make sure the venue that venues that you're looking at can hold them and hold them comfortably. Obviously, if it's really early on in the piece, you might have an initial idea, but nothing set in the concrete. I think that's fine, but I think that you need to make sure you're looking at spaces that you 
your that hold your numbers comfortably allow you to fluctuate up and down you know 10 or 20 guests potentially but I wouldn't be going into a space like metropolis that could hold 500 people when you've got 80 and wondering why it's so expensive look at the venues that are relevant to holding your guest numbers so that the prices are relevant you know really? to your situation so what about because I'm looking at kind of this pub down mm. in Aries Inlet yeah and we don't want to have just the back area because mm. that's where you see the weddings when you go to the pub for yeah. lunch. We want to have the whole thing, but, you know, maybe 80 to 100 guests. Yep. Does that mean that if we're hiring at the venue that that's going to cost us a shitload? Well, it depends. It depends if they put the venue spend as a Saturday night minimum spend. Most venues have a minimum spend but regardless they be if you making have 50 like or 500. Triple the amount having a wedding rather than having not if patrons? You do a, not if you do a per head cost. Because if you've got 100 guests and you do a per head cost, that cost is set unless you have a bar that you can bring cash to, which not everybody has. Mm. COVID times are a bit different because they can only have a certain amount of people on site at a certain time. But pre-COVID, if they can fit 400 people on their space, they can have 400 people. Some can some Some guys, if it's a beautiful night in summer, can drink 20 beers. By themselves. So they'd be making more money. Way having more patrons money. and having a wedding. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah definitely. And it does, of course, it does disp- depend on the space and what they offer. But somewhere like, somewhere like the Aries pub that can hold a lot of people um, that is open all day and all night. So from lunch till mm, after dinner, mm. those hours that it's open, they're going to get a lot more. So they're going to put a minimum spend on you for sure. Oh, wow. For sure. Um, you know, I think. So wait, they like, if I, if they're like, you know, you've got a hundred guests, that's yep. 20 grand or something. Yep. They would potentially make more money than that on a Saturday. Yes. Shit. Especially if they need did. To get into the. I know we need to buy a venue. Oh, no, we need to buy a venue. <laughs> <laughs> and this coast, actually, where we live on the surf coast of Victoria, really needs a new venue down here. Mm. Something to look at. Sponsor the podcast. Really we might be able to get one. Um, another thing I think you need to think about before you like go to a venue or once you're looking at when you're looking at venues is the location. Mm. So the location, does it have ACOM for you and your guests close by? Um, if it's a destination wedding, if it's not, is it close enough for guests? to make their way home themselves, you know, do Ubers even get to the location? Things like buses and guest transport can come into the mix and be kind of expensive if if you feel that the distance from the venue for your guest's accommodation is too far away and you need to provide transport. So there's actually nothing more amazing than having accommodation for all your guests and yourself either on site or close to it because it just kind of extends the experience, you know. Um, I think another thing that you need to be careful about when you're looking at venues and the cost, like we were just talking about, is the per head price. So the per head at a venue on paper can look quite expensive. And again, like I said, like this is going to be one of the first invoices you're going to get across your desk. And, and what's it's the like most an expensive. average, average per head? Okay, so going so off what we do. Just like um, an average cost that you would Anywhere say. from 130 to... 220 220 okay yeah that's pretty average yep that's pretty average mind you it include like it can include alcohol there as well some catering companies have um set packages that is 130 ahead and then you've got 89 for alcohol so some include it all and it's 250 and all alcohol and food are included in that one cost so Looking looking at the per head cost, it can look really expensive, but I think people need to remember when they're looking at venues, 
And this is going to go for people if you're looking at a, a marquee space and bringing in a caterer or you're going to be looking at a venue. Be aware that included in the per head cost is your chairs, your tables, mm. your wait staff, toilets. Um, you know, if the venue, the venue might have a minimum spend to cover those things as well if they don't have a venue higher fee. So you might go to a venue and... So you can have a venue higher fee and per head. And per head. And the really? venue higher fee will cover wait staff, um, toilets, so lighting per, chairs, tables. Is that yeah. generally how it most venues a lot of venues work like that yeah so uh if you've got kind of 100 guests Mm -hmm. and it's 180 per head Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that's middle of the range that's costing you eighteen thousand dollars per head Mm -hmm. how much would the venue then be on top of that the venue hire well what's like an average price for that uh, some some venues charge to have your ceremony so i've seen a lot of um on top if you want your ceremony there as well yeah so 1500 dollars for your ceremony hire venue hire could be potentially um you know nothing because you've got your ceremony but the price per head could be inflated a little bit to cover those costs um other venues have quite a high some have four some have eight some have ten thousand dollar venue hire fees what's like a general Uh, anywhere from four to eight i think could be a property higher fee but if you're going to a venue per se you're probably looking at a lower venue higher quote unquote venue higher fee but you are obviously looking at potentially a higher per head to make sure that those costs are included there oh okay yeah yeah because you've got to remember when you're hiring a, a venue you have floors, you have a roof for weather, you have staff, you have a bar that's stocked with ice and that's cold. You're bringing You've got everything toilets. in if you're having it you yeah. know, in a block of land or yeah, exactly. at your house or whatever. Exactly. So it, yeah. it, people think that that's a cheaper option, but it's really not because you've got to hire in your toilets, your totally. tables, totally. your weight staff, your bar. Yeah. yeah. There is so much more extra. So much. There's actually so, a question down about whether or not DIY is. Um, is more expensive. No, I, delve I just into think that. I, I like obviously I would love to have a marquee mm. wedding, but it just I think would be way over our budget mm. with the amount of people that we wanted wanted to invite. So if you're looking at a hundred guests, mm-hmm. one hundred eighty dollars mm-hmm. per head. Mm-hmm. That's eighteen thousand dollars mm-hmm. plus. You're that's generally have for food. Your reception. Add your there. alcohol on top, and the venue hire as well. Mm-hmm. You could be looking at like twenty three to twenty. Yeah thousand yeah, dollars for sure anywhere to, for a hundred people you might be looking at anywhere from 20 to 40 grand mm. for food and, and alcohol not, so that's not including your photographer your nope. florist blah blah nope. blah but that's going to nope. be your most expensive cost, that's going to be obviously. your most expensive cost and from there you know that you have a structure a roof over your head you've got somewhere to go if people it rains. are organizing it for you people that generally they've got a venue manager they're doing food. the pack down the yep well venues or not a florist no but they're doing the you know if they're supplying the tables and the color you don't have to worry about you don't have to worry about them they've got when you've got (laughs) your own i've heard like a horror story of a friend and they had a big marquee wedding and then the next day woke up and realized that they had to send back all the cutlery yeah. and the chairs and everything mm-hmm. had to be clean. So mm-hmm. the whole wedding party sat at the marquee the next day, hung over, had had like an hour of sleep, Yeah, cleaning the cutlery. Um, they had like a queue of like, buckets and water and they just like cleaned all the cutlery yeah i just i can't so I you like, need to remember that when you're um i just having can't. something off that's why you hire a planner team 
that's why you do it because that they do it for you exactly so there's quite a few things to consider when you're looking at venues and prices so yeah but my first tip would be don't write a venue off based solely on price have a look at what they offer first and make sure that you've got comparable options to see if it's what what they're charging is within your budget and is there any hidden costs that people should look out for like if they do book in this one particular venue are they going to be hit with extra costs later down the track um not unless or they just need to be careful to ask those questions are you supplying the tables? Yeah. Are yeah. you supplying the chairs? Yeah, absolutely. What, what do I need to bring in? Yeah, for sure. I think that leads into our next question, actually. I don't – the question that we received from Amy, I don't even know which questions we need to ask a oh, venue. Okay, so this is great. a good segue. They obviously don't provide all the same things, but do you have a list that we can follow? Mm. There you go. So that's a real good one because, yeah, nobody has an idea of what to ask when you're there. You know you know those things when you're like you have uh, – you have an, interview or I know my couples do it all the time and at the end of our consult I'll say do you guys have any questions and everyone's like no everything's fine (laughs) and And then they email you the next day with like a hundred (laughs) questions exactly but that's normal that's what everyone does and that's what you do when you go to a venue you don't know um you know you don't know what to ask generally so I think like we do have a checklist so if you actually did want our venue checklist of what to do before you go what to ask um what you need to follow up on once you leave if it's not in their pack um pdf that they they generally give you then contact us and let us know and we can we can flick that template to you guys but what i always talk to about my couples and a few key points here to consider um does the venue host your ceremony and reception so um if so what times like are available what's required for your guests in between the ceremony and reception i mean if it's not all in one venue and you might choose to get married and have a religious ceremony. So you might have, um, you know, an Orthodox church or a synagogue or, or um, a mosque off-site. Um, consider the time it takes from get to get from A to B um, and make sure that you're booking your church and your reception or your, your ceremony space in your reception that allows guests enough time to get there and that they're kind of flexible on price and on timings for you. But I think the biggest thing that people need to ask because all all you think about really when you ask a question is what's included Hmm. what just as an important question is what is not included in what they give so um you know so for example does your venue have in-house catering or is it just a space do you need to get your catering in um what needs to be brought in externally you know lighting do do, Mm, do, festoon lighting yeah do you need festoon lighting outside or do they provide it provide that um, some do. Okay. So um, there's a few venues that we we work at in Melbourne that have the option to add festoon lighting so to their courtyard for an extra cost. Yeah, Correct. Of course, everything of course. costs money, doesn't it? Of it's course, not, it does. We don't. We have the lights here already. It's fine if we pop them up. Yeah, but it'll like, cost you a thousand dollars. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Of so, course. Yeah. So and then you've got to decide whether or not those exclusions you want them, and then. Again, it's a long process. It's a long process. So don't be deterred if in two weeks' time you can't find it and it seems overwhelming because it is. There's a lot to think about. But, um, you know, if they've got lighting and you're tossing up between two venues and one charges you $1,000 and one puts them in for free, is is it worth it considering the, the venue that does it for free 
um, even if you don't like their ceremony space. Mm. So they're all the things you've got to weigh up. Um, another big one, and what I didn't realize until we started to interview brides um, that got married in Byron, but one of the biggest things is what time does your venue close? you know, exclusions, issues. Is there any flexibility on times? Like we've spoken to so many brides recently who've got married in Byron. They shut down wedding venues at 10 p.m. due to noise restrictions. Then you've got to go to a pub or a bar if you want to have an after party. So if you and your partner, you know, want this party to end all parties and you've got a venue and it's absolutely incredible and you love every single element about it and it's what's out of your dreams, but they shut at 10 You've got to weigh up whether or not it's worth it for you to stay there or to keep looking and sacrifice potentially, um, you know, your ceremony outlook to be able to go to a venue that's got um, a flexible finishing time. You know, that's something that I would say exclusions, knowing what is not included at the venue is just as important about than what is included. Mm. Um and I think lastly, like take heaps of photos if you can, of course, if they allow you, but most venues do. So if you're shopping around for venues, kind of like your wedding dress and you, you, you book in like three or four appointments over a weekend and then you walk away and, and it comes down to two or three that you really like, you're going to need to look back at your photos because your photos are going to show you those little, um, you know, nitty gritty details that could make or break your decision so um it's a good idea you know, make sure that you're picking tip. yeah picking the best venue that suits you guys but you also need to remember what's at each venue and not get confused so if it does come down to a thousand dollars or five thousand dollars and most of the elements included are the same um you know refer back to those photos and just make sure that the the one you're picking mm. is the one that's got the most pros and the least cons and suit you the best yeah it's a really good you know. tip yes um okay so next question yeah is a diy wedding still a cheaper option for couples bringing everything in per head at a venue is so expensive i think Mm. kind of what we touched on that's just what we were touching on wasn't it so yeah there's not a solid rule that DIY is cheaper than going to a venue it could have been 20 years ago 10 years ago but it certainly is not the case now and I think um like we were talking in a previous episode I think that's got a lot to do with the rise of Instagram and Pinterest Mm. and Mm. the importance that is placed on these social media outlets but a true DIY is is in a paddock like in a shed where you may have or you may not even have a garden tap so potentially no electrics you're on grass you've got no toilets and you have to bring absolutely everything in so that that adds up really quickly and really quietly actually in areas that you you don't necessarily think about in the beginning um, generators cool rooms extension leads um, you know remembering that a venue like we were saying before a venue has a per head cost that include staff toilets chairs tables plating glassware ice lighting uh, waste removal <laughs> a roof um, you know like you were saying before they clean your cutlery You don't need Mm, to worry about mm. that. So big things and the essential things to host a wedding or an event is included in a venue cost generally. So yeah, a a venue on the surface is definitely going to look more expensive. However, if every single wedding um, 
you know, if you, you took every single wedding at face value, the opportunities are absolutely endless. So you could spend the same amount at a venue as you do at a marquee, but that's because you've chosen a venue that you put no creative aesthetic into mm. um, and save all your money, you know, for the venue. So, yeah, it's I, I, don't, I don't think people can sit there and say that a, comfortably be confident that a DIY is cheaper than a venue, just like I don't think people can anymore say foliage is cheaper than flowers. Mm. It's the same kind of thing. I think you've got to look at the um, logistics of a DIY wedding too, you know. Are there local suppliers that you can use in the area that suit you and what you and your partner want so that you're not spending, you know, exorbitant amounts of money bringing them down from the city um like we said before like location is there is there a way that your guests can get from your wedding to um their accommodation without you know is there ubers and if there's not ubers is there buses yeah and then you have Um, to organize all the buses and the times and yep absolutely so you know um if yeah like who's gonna who who is gonna set everything up at a diy yeah. who's going to remove all the waste, who's going to take down the flowers, who's going to clean the cutlery. Um, if you're in a paddock and you want, you know, those beautiful long tables under festoon lights and it's dreamy and amazing, have you looked at your location? Like are you in Queensland or are you in Victoria? Mm. Is there amazing weather? Are you sitting on the top of a hill in a wind tunnel where that beautiful setting is just well, not going to work? We, we went to a wedding um, – in Dunkeld and it was out on a like farm basically it was so beautiful it was amazing they had like this huge beautiful like canopy tent and all the tables underneath it but it was about 35 to 40 degrees and the reception uh sorry the ceremony was outside so hot and Mm. we were dying like the boys because no one was concentrating during the ceremony because the boy you know they're in their shirts and they're sweating Mm. and their backs are wet and (laughs) Where you know our makeup sliding off, so you need to consider these type of things as well. Yeah, I think you do. Whereas if you're at a venue, there's probably somewhere to go that you know they would have their that's it hot weather or wet yeah, weather cold weather options. options. Totally. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think like yeah, you've just you've got to be really careful. Like, do you do you need backup marquees or umbrellas if the weather is 40 degrees, and you need to make sure that your guests are comfortable because mm. the outlook's great. But if your guests are having a breakdown and not paying any attention to you guys getting married because they're about to pass out because it's so hot, the whole vibe of your ceremony is lost because mm. and focusing as on well, um, else. we went to another wedding in uh, Mildura, and mm. the parent like it was a you know quite a wealthy family they fumigated the block of land a couple of weeks uh leading up to it a couple of times to get rid of all the bugs and mosquitoes Ew. so they did that so <laughs> oh, on wow. the wedding day we had no that's, bugs or like that's that, actually amazing yeah so um they did it a couple of times like the week or two leading up prior oh. so there were no mosquitoes or bugs on oh my the, gosh because yes, it was the right near the river bugs. And, oh, that's yeah. amazing actually you don't hear about that very often at all unless it's on a parent's property so that's, that's great that you need to consider like could you imagine being like next to this river yep. and Covered everyone's being al- eaten alive and yuck yeah so absolutely things to think about if you are that's it and i think it's those kind of little things like we were saying before like the cost creep in in spaces that you wouldn't even consider initially Mm. when you plan a venue uh, when you plan a wedding so no DIY is definitely not cheaper 
Um, for us, for planning it, it's some of the most rewarding wedding days because you work with the couple from the ground up and it is just – the end result is magic. But is it cheaper? Is it less stress? It's more stress. Mm, not so much, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so just – Sometimes yeah. it's better to just pay someone to go do it. That's it. And have the venue ready to go. That's it, yeah. Especially if you know you get – high if you're a high functioning anxious person like me that could just animate that could just send you over the edge so get someone to do it great (laughs) thanks for all your advice today laura um so next week on our wedding planning q a we discuss the job that most grooms are given in this whole process the entertainment is a dj (laughs) cheaper than a band should you have an acoustic duo at your ceremony or is an ipod dock okay Um, And should you add in a sax to make the night vibe? If you have a question or you'd like our advice, simply record your message and slide on into our Instagram at the UME podcast um, or leave us an email with your message attached to hello at the UME podcast.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks.